Hello and good morning. Thank you for tuning in to another podcast of A Few Minutes with Pastor Mac. We hope God is blessing you thus far on this Sunday morning. And we hope God's power, favor, and strength be upon you for this new week that is upon us. If you can't make service, don't forget uh, we have a Givelify app that you can give your donations and first fruits and uh, grace giving uh, through our app. And um, if you can't make it to service, so don't forget about that. We always want to make sure we give opportunity to uh, sow seeds into God's ministry. And if you can't make it again, our website as well. Uh, give the website and on our app, uh, Givelify. Shall we pray, oh gracious Father in heaven, we thank you again for allowing us another chance to come and hear your word. As you bless your servant, Lord, this weak, feeble body that I am, as you give me strength and power, say a word that may be a help for someone under the sound of my voice. Oh God, we love you right now. We thank you for being the God that you are, who's helped us in a mighty big way in our lives, Lord, and we thank you for that. We adore you, we honor you, we give you the praise and glory. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O oh, my Savior, my Redeemer, in Jesus the Christ's name we pray. Amen. Uh, glad to have you again another podcast uh, with Pastor Mac. Few minutes with Pastor Mac. Uh, we shall be continuing again in Acts. We'll be in here for a minute. Um, Acts chapter 2, uh, and we'll be at 42 uh, through 47, although I may not use all of the entirety of that text today, I'm going to read it because we need to have it memorized and emblazoned in our brains uh, for God to make permanent uh, his word uh, in our hearts. So Acts chapter 2, uh, this series, Let's Get It Together. Uh, chapter 2 verses 42 beginning with verse 42 and I'll be reading the CSB translation we do ask that you read uh, and follow along um, Dr. Luke wrote they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching to the fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles now all the believers were together and held all things in common they sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. The grass withers and the flower fades away, but the word of our God shall stand for ever. Uh, again, this series we've been in, uh, let's get it together. Uh, these first two chapters of Acts, actually Luke 
ending of Luke going to uh, Acts. But uh, the title for this week is The Church is Going to Do This Now. The Church is Going to Do This Now. Uh, at the Bethlehem Baptist Church, where my father used to pastor in Tarot, Texas, we used to end some of the services and meetings with this question, if every member was a member like me, what kind of a church would this church be? Sister Dorothy Hunt, our directress, would give us uh, or have us to go through a few of these, and just like a broken record in my mind, that question has repeatedly challenged me through the years has served to check my faith and inspire my practice of it. It is a question one can apply in so many ways. If every member served just like me, how would our church's ministry be? If every member's attitude were like mind, if every member's marriage, if every member's love for their child, if every member's home life, if every member's Bible study time, if every member's prayer life, every member's testimony, if every member invited others to church as often as me, what kind of a church would this be and we should instead of feeling condemned if we're coming up short in some of these areas we should use this question to inspire us to motivate us to reach higher in our spiritual and christian walk does your life influence others for good and for the lord or and and, and can we ask today be real are you fighting the real enemy Truth be told, in most churches, we have forgotten who the real enemy is. We fight against the pastor. We fight against fellow church members. We fight against deacons. And the church is the only entity that people will go over and under leadership to do what they want and claim that the Lord told them to do it. You can't go to a nine to five and tell your boss that I feel like I want to do what I want to do. Do, meet when I want to meet because I feel led to. It bows the question again. If every member was a member like me, what kind of a church would this church be? In this text, we come across the first century church after having Pentecost and being filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to do some foundational things to help in the growth in the spiritual life. About three things leap out of this verse 42 that will help us in our spiritual development, both individually and collectively as a church. There's some things that we can do amongst ourselves and by ourselves to help us be stronger in Christ. Well, one, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings, devoted themselves to the understanding of the word, to the doctrine. They devoted, dedicated, and committed themselves to the word. What I've learned is you can't grow beyond what you know. Some folk are just stuck in a time warp or knowledge vacuum where they think they know a lot, but you can tell a lot when folks start talking. 
I've learned that people just open their mouths and you start saying, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. And the early church was interested in the doctrine of the word. Not what so-and-so said, not what so-and-so knew, but the doctrine of the word. Now, remember, the Bible was not created then or written then. They had the Old Testament scrolls, but what they had was a word from God. The teaching of the disciples was to give believers in God perspective on every matter so that they can learn, obey, and experience spiritual growth and make kingdom impact. Let me put a parenthetical pause right there and remind everybody under the sound of my voice that the most important thing we are to be doing as Christians now is building up the kingdom. Should be making kingdom impacts wherever we go. Should be in a biblical understanding of what it is, our purpose, what we're supposed to be doing and how beneficial is what you doing for the kingdom see you can surmise and you can test the litmus test so to speak against everything you trying to do by asking this question is it important for the kingdom that will stop a lot of people right now in their tracks from doing a lot of stuff because you understand if it's not important for the kingdom it's not important we get it all twisted. We get it messed up. We get it inside out about what we are here to do. And we are here to be important news, gospel news carriers, gospel news messengers for the kingdom of God. And not only they want to be in doctrine, but they find out that being in doctrine is binding. See, once you start learning the word, you want to buy, you want to be close to it in everything you do as possible. So that's a biblical context, a beneficial context, and a binding context with the word of God, the doctrine. <laughs> folk who've been in the word, folk who done lived and can tell you some stuff about what the word has done in their life. The Bible says about God, about Jesus Christ, about the power of the Holy Spirit. And I know sometimes we get caught up in trying to use the Bible as a get better instruction manual. Well, well Pastor, what are you talking about? I'm saying uh, there's the things in there about uh, sometimes we talk about how to be a better husband and father and, and our mother and wife and all. I just believe that if you start reading the word and get to be a better Christian, you follow Jesus Christ. You're going to improve in all your areas. I preach Pastor Mac. I'm doing the best I can. You can't talk Jesus, read Jesus, and speak Jesus without having an impact every area of your life. That's how you get better as a husband. You go read Jesus. You read his word. You That's how you get better as a wife. That's how you get better as an employee. That's how you get better as a church member. Read the word of God. Too much preaching today is man-centered rather than Christ-centered. We got to remember, some. we ain't trying to be a, a house of making people feel good, rub your back. 
that you keep doing what you're doing, knowing that what you're doing is wrong. No, we got to be Christ-centered, and Christ-centeredness don't allow for a whole lot of mess to be in your life. I know I'm hollering at your boy if you hear me. I know I may be stepping on toe, but you can't keep sinning and be Christ-centered. Something has to change. I told you last week, metanoia means there's a change in my direction, a change in my reflection. There's a change in my intentions. When Jesus is there, I like what I'm talking there. That, that's the most important thing. Yeah. Got to be with Jesus and know exactly what it is that he wants us, yes, to do. And secondly, they were devoted themselves, they devoted themselves to the fellowship, 42B. Fellowship is an attempted uh, translation Greek to English, but it means koinonia. Koinonia means sometimes to share intimately in one's, uh, another person's life with yourself. That's the koinonia. That's when we come to fellowship. Be together in the unity of spirit and the unity of faith. Yeah. Where it means in some circles con contribution or commonality. See, I, see, that's why when the old folks said when I woke up this morning with my mind on Jesus and coming to church with your mind on Jesus just helps you to reflect and revealed what he's done in your life. That's why we come to fellowship. Come to fellowship to share our experiences with Jesus Christ to be an encouragement, to be a motivation for those who are around us. Yeah, fellowship, uh, togetherness in unity of spirit. Unity of faith. See, what I've experienced may help you in your area. What you've experienced may help me somewhere in my life. That's the fellowship. And sometimes we have these uh, Christians who have a long range of mentality. You can't live as a long range of Christian. You have to live in a life of faith together. Be by yourself, disconnected Christian, because a disconnected Christian is a disobedient and untrue, unfruitful Christian. Yeah, you come to church, you fellowship. Come to the fellowship. Friends don't let friends fellowship by themselves. <laughs> you need to be here with, with your people. You need to be here in the place. Even if the church has a small membership or fellowship, at least the membership should love one another and love the Lord and serve one another and serve the Lord. There's no small churches. There may be a small fellowship, but a small fellowship can still do big things for the kingdom of God. I preach Pastor Mac. I'm doing the best I can. I'm going to say that again. Rewind, press play. Uh, a small fellowship can still do big things for the kingdom of God. Yeah, brothers and sisters, we got to understand that um, in God's plan, 
does not matter the size of the people. Huh. It may just be five folk, ten folk, but God can use whomever makes themselves available. That's the, that's the miracle of the grace of God. He can take whatever you give him. As long as there's a sincerity of heart and sincerity of purpose and mind is clear, he can take whatever number you have and use it for the kingdom. See, man counts numbers, but God makes numbers count. Those on the sign of my voice, remember, it don't take a lot of folk to get a lot of work done. Yeah. Matter of fact, God sometimes wanted that way. He He used the Pentecost to build a big church because he wanted big ministry and big evangelism thrust. But he ain't got to have a whole lot of folk. Yeah. Go through the Bible. He'd take a few people and make a big a deal for him. That's why we must make sure I'm available. That's why we have to tell ourselves I'm available. I'm available for what God has for me. So sometimes you just got to say, use me, Lord, for your service. Use me, Lord, in the ministry, wherever you can, wherever I can fit in. Just use me for the kingdom. And then, then, thirdly, they devoted themselves to prayer and worship. It says in 42, see indeed, uh, devoted themselves to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And that breaking of bread, communion, uh, Lord's Supper, and that just mean worship. They had worship uh, together in the fellowship. They prayed together. And prayer equals power. Power equals that you're in the presence of God because he's the only power that we can have. That's worth anything. He, when you pray, prayer is the ultimate weapon in the spiritual warfare. I've discovered you can certainly do more praying after you have prayed, but you can't not do more praying until you have prayed. You 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 say that again, Pastor. You you can do more than pray after you have prayed, but you cannot do more than pray until you have prayed. I know that's a tongue twister there, but what it's saying is you can't do nothing until you pray. Yeah, you can't do. You shouldn't. A bunch of us wouldn't be able to do a lot anyway if we prayed before we did it, because sometimes prayer changes what we were intending to do in the first place. That's that spiritual warfare. Prayer changes that. So that you don't have to do some things, face some things in your life. And then prayer helps your worship. That's why they had it. Prayer, breaking of bread and prayer and worship. Worship is simply the recognition and celebration of who God is and what he has done and what we are trusting him to do. The church is called church. Church is called to make a big deal about God because this is what he 
deserves. He deserves to be made a big deal about because of who he is. And I begin to wonder sometimes if that the church today lacks a true fear of God because our hearts are not right. Our hearts and minds are still in the gutter, but he is God. He He's not the man upstairs. He's not the big guy in the sky. He is God. And we're here to push the message about what he has done. Dr. D. Dehan said, churches grow when people pray. And pastors preach the word when love for Christ sends out the call to those who have not heard. And because of where a world that's in despair, we need to show them that Jesus cares. We see churches grow through fellowship. They grow deeper through discipleship. They grow stronger through worship. They grow broader through ministry. And they grow larger through evangelism. So so what I want to ask this morning is somebody under the sound of my voice needs to understand that church, what shall we do? And I'm going to tell you now that the answer is in the text. In verse 42, says, devote yourself to the apostles' teaching. Devote yourself to fellowship and devote yourself to the breaking of bread and devote yourself to prayer. Cause you see all of those directions you can work on individually. But the good thing about those directions is that when you work on them individually, they will show up collectively when you make it to church. People ought to be excited about what God has done. People ought to be excited about what God is doing for his people. Are you excited about what God is doing in your life? Are you excited about what God can do in the life of the church? What he brought us out of? What he's bringing us through? How he's made us better? How we've been drawn closer to the Lord. Whatever you do, just give him praise. Thank him for the victories. Thank him for the disappointments. Thank him for the victories. Thank him for the setbacks. Thank him for the victories. Thank him for the letdowns. Because if we didn't have any bad stuff, we wouldn't know how good God is. He is a good God. He's been good. He's been better than we have been to ourselves. He is a good God because he died 
on an old rugged cross. And I thank him for what he's done. I thank him because not only did he die, but he rose on an early Sunday morning. And when he rose, the church rose. When he rose, the church got power. When he rose, the church figured out that it didn't have to work by itself, that we have the power to lift up the name of Jesus. And as long as we lift up Jesus, everything yeah, will be all right. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he set you free? Somebody say yes. Say yes. Say yes. Won't he do it? He will work it out. Oh, he will make way out of no way. Won't he do it? Say yes. Invitation is extended now. If you don't know Jesus and the pardon of your sins, if you would like to get to know him better uh, and get saved, allow him to come into your life, simply say this prayer. Jesus, I need you in my life. I believe you died and rose again on the third day. I trust you to control my life and to enhance my future. If you said that prayer, is as simple as ABC, accept, believe, and commit. If you did that, we would love to hear from you. You may contact us through our email, getpraiseon at houseofpraisepp.org, or you may go simply to our website, www.houseofpraisepp.org, contact us and someone from our discipleship team. I will get back with you with other information you need in order to begin this new life in Christ. We love you to life. We look forward to hearing from you. Thank you again for listening to our podcast. We hope something was said will be a blessing for you and be a blessing for you this week. Uh, we know that we are still in the hands of God and we will trust him to keep and deliver us. Bless you. God bless you. County line. We love you to life and you can't do anything about it. Look forward to next week. The Lord says the same. We hope that you are praying and reading your word and staying true and standing on the promises of the Lord. God bless you and we'll see you next week. Pastor Mac out. I need to hear you say. Uh, I made it.